I run two businesses, and one of the most complex things that I have to do is hire people. It would be a huge problem if I didn't have Indeed. Indeed is the all-in-one hiring platform where you can find the right person for any position. They take all of the stress out of searching and instead match you with the right candidates immediately. Right now, our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash Hertz. Just go to Indeed.com slash H-E-R-T-Z and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on 20,000 Hertz. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A couple years ago, we released an episode called The Virtual Choir. It was about a five-part choir series from composer Eric Whitaker that premiered on YouTube. The Virtual Choir started as a small, experimental project with 185 people singing into their computer cameras. By the fifth Virtual Choir, it had grown to include nearly 4,000 singers from all over the world. Back then, Eric didn't know where to go next, or whether the Virtual Choir would even continue. But no one could have imagined what was coming in 2020 and the story of the virtual choir was far from over. This will be our last episode of 2020, and we thought the best way to wrap up this weird year would be to bring this story up to the present moment. So I got back in touch with Eric, we re-edited the episode, and we added a whole new ending. If you remember listening to the original episode, you'll definitely want to hear this new version. And if you've never heard it before, you're in for a real treat. Here we go. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. I'm Dallas Taylor. The music you're hearing right now is not an ordinary choir. It's a teenager in her bedroom singing into a laptop microphone. It's a grandparent performing while their grandchild helps with a camera. And it's a businessman reliving his years of choir in school. What you're actually hearing are hundreds of individual voices performing both together and alone. The result is mesmerizing and powerful, and greater than the sum of its parts. This performance is the first installment of what's known as the Virtual Choir. It's a project that connects singers from around the world to create music. The human voice is an instrument we're born with. It doesn't cost anything, and we can use it to express all sorts of emotions and stories. And if you sing with others, that expression can be amplified into something more. But not everyone has the chance to do that. Eric Whitaker had that in mind when he founded the Virtual Choir in the late 2000s. I grew up in northern Nevada, and I really had no musical training. I definitely had an ear. I played piano, and my parents tried to give me piano lessons. They just wouldn't stick. I played trumpet in middle school and high school, but I never learned to read music. I would just play by ear. And then at 18, I went to the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And on a whim, I joined choir. And on the very first day, I was standing with 100 other people in the room, and he said, let's begin with the requiem and the curie. And I didn't know what a requiem was. I certainly didn't know what a curie was. So I looked over the shoulder of the guy standing next to me and turned to page 10 and we launched into the Curie from the Requiem by Mozart. I'll never forget that moment. That first breath, which 
to this day entrances me, that first breath that a group of people take before they sing. And if you know the Kyrie by Mozart, then you know that it begins with the basses. So we start this fugue subject. The altos join. Now the sopranos, the tenors, and within about 25 or 30 seconds, I just found myself standing in the midst of this, this cosmic Swiss watch, this level of complexity and humanity that I, I couldn't have imagined existed before that moment. And I remember doing exactly what I still do when I hear music that moves me, which is that I was standing there not singing and I began trembling, I kind of shake, and then I giggle. It's like I, I get this feeling in my stomach. And then finally I had tears in my eyes. And I left after that first 50 minute rehearsal, the world's biggest choir geek. I was utterly transformed. Eric is one of the most influential choral composers of our generation. If you've been in a choir in the last few decades, there's a great chance you've performed one of his pieces. The list of his accomplishments goes on and on, but the virtual choir remains perhaps his biggest creation. The idea, though, came from a small gesture. So a friend of mine sent me a link to a YouTube video. He said, you've got to see this. And in this video was a young woman. She was only 17 at the time. Her name's Britlin Losey. And Brillin had gone into her room and made a fan video for me. And she says, hi, Hi, Mr. Whitaker. Eric Whitaker, um, here's me singing sleep. This was uh, a piece of music that I'd written for choir that had been published and choirs had started performing. And I was thunderstruck watching this. I, I just was moved by the purity of her voice and also the purity of her intention. Watching her video, I thought to myself, you know, if you could get 25 other people to do what Britlin is doing right now, if they were singing their part alone in their dorm room or in the kitchen or in a living room, as long as they were singing in the same key and at the same tempo, if they all just uploaded their parts to YouTube and I literally started them at the same time, then this choir would have to unfold, right? This virtual choir. I go online to my website and Facebook and just in all caps, I've got this idea. Let's make a virtual choir. I have no idea how to actually pull this off. The way Britlin did it is she was listening to a recording and she was singing along with it, but we're not gonna be using a recording. So I got the idea that what I would do is make a video of myself conducting the piece, but in complete silence. The music would only be in my head. I would upload this to YouTube and then people would download the sheet music and sit in front of their computers and watch my little conductor video. I genuinely had no idea if this would work or not. I also didn't know if anybody would actually do it, but they did. And almost immediately I could tell, oh, this is going to work. There were a few challenges early on, though. When you're singing in a group, everyone hears each other so they can stay in tune together. But if you're singing by yourself, it's natural for the key to fluctuate just a little bit over time, since you don't really have a reference to guide you. So to fix this, Eric made a piano track for the performers to sing to. We've refined that so that now there's usually a choir singing underneath them so that they feel like they're singing into the sound of a choir instead of just into a vacuum. In addition to a video of Eric conducting the piece, 
He also included detailed musical direction for the singers, just like a conductor would do in a normal rehearsal. Canut, what I'd love from the sopranos and altos is that on each one of those we get canut, et canut. So that as it's crescendoing, we're pushing and pulling, uh, little ocean waves, if you will. With the materials in place, submissions began pouring in on YouTube. I think it's one of the great selling points of a choir is that you never have to sing alone. Lots of people like to sing, but maybe don't want to be a soloist. When you're in a choir, you can sing your heart out and you never have to have your voice exposed like that. These submissions were all brought together and the first virtual choir was released. The only question was if anyone would notice. Here's more of that performance of the piece, Luke's Arunque, composed and conducted by Eric. When I uploaded the first virtual choir, I really didn't think anybody but me and my tiny circle of choir geek friends would be interested. And the video went viral. I wasn't prepared for that at all. And then I started getting all of these requests for media appearances. And then suddenly I was being bombarded with requests from all over the world from singers saying, I don't know what this is, but I have to be a part of it. When is the next one? The first one had 185 different singers from 12 countries. And at the time, I thought, that's as big as this could ever go. But just based on the number of people writing to me, we all thought, oh my God, this could be bigger. First, what we started to do is just build a better infrastructure, better tools to help people learn the music. I refined the ability to get them to sing all at the same time. So I made a much better and clearer conductor track. The guide track for them to listen to was clearer. With these improvements in place, the second piece was done just one year after the first. Then we launched Average Choir 2, which this time was that piece Sleep that Britlin Losi was singing the very first time she sent me that video. We also bumped up our ability to aggregate the videos themselves, first at that time to find them on YouTube and then to sort them by sound quality, those that were recorded the best and those that were recorded not as good. That became very helpful later on in the process. This time we had 2,052 singers from 58 different countries. It just overnight turned into this earth choir. I was completely unprepared for that. I could never have imagined it. Putting that into perspective, this performance featured over 10 times as many singers as the first virtual choir, and the age ranged from 9 years old to senior citizens. If Britland's first YouTube video was a tiny snowball, it had now turned into an avalanche with no sign of stopping. The virtual choir would only continue to grow. That introduced some interesting challenges for Eric and his team. With Virtual Choir 3, we knew already going in, it's going to get bigger. So more and more singers wanted to be involved. And so then we started to build our own infrastructure. We had a small army of volunteers that would connect with anybody that was having technical difficulties. 
they were kind of stationed themselves around the globe in different time zones so that anyone who wanted to join but couldn't figure out how to do it could join. Virtual Choir 3, I think, ended up with 3,700-something singers from 73 countries. In terms of the style of music, we took it to, I think, as far as we can take it musically. We used a piece that I'd written called Water Night that splits a lot. By splits, it means that there's lots of different voice parts all making a single chord. So the climax of Water Night has the lines, if you open your eyes, night opens. And on the word eyes, it's a 14-part chord. which was a logistical challenge, not only to line all that up and make it sound good, but literally just to aggregate the parts. So technically, it was a huge challenge for us. Spiritually, it also really changed, I think, the way we were thinking about all of it. Until then, it had just been about amassing numbers and this extraordinary thing that we were making that seemed to resonate with people in a way, but we didn't really understand it at all. But for Virtual Choir 3, we set up some places on my Facebook page and on my website where people could upload their testimonials. They could write about what it was that moved them about the virtual choir and why they joined. And this is when we started to see some of these stories, these extraordinary stories. There was a, a man from Cuba who desperately wanted to join, but because of government regulations was unable to send us a video larger than one meg. And so we got our tech team together with him and Cuba became part of the virtual choir. There was a man who had gone legally blind and because of that hadn't been able to sing in a choir for over 30 years. And now for the first time he could get close enough to the computer screen to see my little conductor track and he was able to join the choir. There was a young woman who had sung in choirs with her mother. It was just a thing that the two of them did together. Her mother was dying of cancer and couldn't sing. And so this young woman recorded her video looking straight into the camera, but just off screen was holding her mother's hand in hospice as a tribute to both of them singing together and, and their, their life together. So suddenly for me too, I was seeing the sense of borders and, and governments starting to dissolve. And there really was just this tribe with a common goal and a common love, which is to come together to make something larger than themselves. It gave me incredible hope for humanity and really restored my faith in people. Following the success of Virtual Choir 3, Eric knew that the fourth installment would continue to feature more and more singers. But he wasn't content to just grow in terms of numbers. Going from three to four, I knew that we would continue to grow with singers. What I didn't want to do was just keep making the same thing over and over and over. I, I wanted to grow. I wanted to grow the idea. 
so I thought maybe what I'll do is I'll just go back to my pop roots a little bit. And I had been working for years on a musical called Paradise Lost that was part musical, part opera, and then part electronica. There's a DJ and all different kinds of electronica beats in it. And so I thought, okay, I'll take a piece from that, this piece called Fly to Paradise, and then we'll put dubstep in it. <laughs> you know, let's just see what happens. And we made Virtual Choir 4, Fly to Paradise, something completely different. Flight of Paradise featured nearly 6,000 singers from over 100 different countries. It was also a departure from the more standard choral music of the first three virtual choirs. Eric wanted to do something that stretched the norm. He's a fan of pop music, so it felt like a natural fit. There is great virtue in popular music. I think sometimes in the modern world, it's easy to say, music used to be so much better or more sophisticated, and now it's this. The challenge, of course, is we never have the perspective of time. In 1965, yes, there were the Beatles. Yes, there was Pink Floyd. But there was also 10,000 other groups that we never listened to. So we've really had the luxury of sorting out the wheat from the chaff. And we can remember the 60s fondly because all we remember are the huge hits. I would say in terms of popular music versus classical music, or let's say concert music, concert music, when really well-written, is hyper-constructed. The composer spends weeks and months and sometimes years constructing this whole world of relationships between notes. The architecture of a well-written concert piece is something to behold. It's a marvel. Eric brought people from all walks of life together for a common purpose, in a way that had previously never been possible. From the beginning, the virtual choir was about so much more than just singing. But the virtual choir was far from over. More after this. Now, last week's mystery sound might have been too hard. And unfortunately, no one got it right. That's the sound of ink being rolled out onto an inking plate with a rubber brayer. Printmakers do this to smooth out the ink before they apply it to their printing blocks. So apparently there's not many printmakers out there in the 20K audience. So maybe this one will be a little easier. Here's this week's sound. If you know that sound, go to the web address mystery.20k.org and let us know. If you guess it right, you'll be entered to win one of our super soft 20,000 Hertz t-shirts. Here's why I love Factor. I began my fitness journey about three years ago. I started by going to the gym, but quickly realized that what I eat directly impacts how I perform. So I signed up for Factor. Factor provides delicious meal kits that makes eating healthy easy. With my sound design company, DeFacto Sound, and this podcast, I'm often too busy to make nutrient-dense meals from scratch. But Factor solved that problem with offerings like Protein Plus and Keto. 
It also fits with my schedule. I can vary the number of factor meals from 4 to 18 meals a week whenever I want. And when I'm traveling, I can easily pause or reschedule the deliveries. Alongside exercising, Factor has been a part in helping me lose over 50 pounds in the last three years. It's amazing how good I feel when I feed myself quality food. Who knew? To try Factor for yourself, head to factormeals.com slash TTH50 and use promo code TTH50 to get 50% off. That's promo code TTH50 at factormeals.com slash TT50 to get 50% off. By the time the virtual choir became a viral sensation, Eric Whitaker was already a sensation in the instrumental and choral music worlds. His music was performed everywhere from middle school cafeterias to the most renowned symphony halls. And while he's written music for lots of different instruments, vocal compositions are always something special. I love writing for instruments, I love writing piano music, but there is something about the voice, especially when I want to express something that I find to be fundamentally human sorrow, joy, love, bond between a parent and a child. There's just no vehicle other than the voice for me. I heard Ned Roram one time, the American composer. Somebody asked him, are you a singer yourself? And he said, no, I'm, I'm not. But I think the reason composers compose is because they can't sing. That really resonated with me because I have the soul of a singer. I have the heart of a singer. I just don't have the instrument of a singer. It's a tragic, <laughs> tragic situation actually. Eric composes for the voice to express things that he otherwise couldn't. Choral music has the ability to communicate nuances in human emotion in a way that speech can't. I believe that singing is the single most fundamental way we have of communicating with each other, more than even speaking. There's something about a voice when singing that it carries terabytes of emotional information. You know, when I listen to an amazing singer, say Ella Fitzgerald, Night breezes seem to whisper, I love you. It's not just the music, it's not just the words that she's singing. You hear her entire life. There's something about the magic of the voice that, that can do that. Anyone who's been a part of a team knows the joy of working together for a common goal. But there's a lot of people who never had that chance. The virtual choir is a team with no boundaries or limitations. It allows people from any background to make a meaningful connection, albeit a digital one. There is something truly transformative that happens when you get a whole bunch of people together singing at the same time. It's extraordinary. There's now all kinds of scientific studies that show that the physiology of it is transformative in itself, that stress hormones decrease. It's good for breathing, it's good for your musculature. There's even some studies now that suggest that people who sing together, their heartbeats begin to synchronize. The first three virtual choirs were performances of more traditional choral pieces. The fourth was a take on a new genre. The question was, where would it go from here? It ended up taking years to answer that question. Mostly I just wanted to make something different. And at the time I was in the throes of writing this piece called Deep Field. Deep Field is inspired by the image of the same name that was taken by the Hubble telescope in 1995. 
And to me, that image, the deep field image, is the most important image in human history. It shows us how impossibly large our universe is and how truly small we are in it. And I wanted to write a piece of music about that. And originally my concept, which is how the piece was originally performed, is that it would be for orchestra, this big orchestral piece, and it would, the music itself would follow the story of the Hubble. And in my mind, what would happen is I would turn to the audience and I would give a little gesture to the audience and they would know then to push play on their smartphones. And everybody had pre-downloaded an app and what would happen is as they pushed play, you'd have a fly through through deep space and then this final reveal of the deep field image on the phone. But then also from each phone was emitted a small electronica sound, which on its own isn't that interesting. But when you have a thousand or two thousand or five thousand phones in the audience playing the sound all at the same time, and then you surround them with a choir, it really is something special. And it feels a bit like you're floating in space, like you're inside the deep field image itself. There's the virtual choir that comes in at the end. Then we had a film made. So there's the piece itself, then we added the virtual choir, and then we made an entire film, a 23-minute film, to the piece itself. And now what can happen is orchestras can perform the piece live with the film being projected. The conductor just follows the film, hits all the right moments, and then at the end, when the virtual choir is revealed, now the audience has all of this shimmering electronic on their phones, the virtual choir is being projected from the screens, and then a real choir is surrounding the audience. So now it adds this other dimension. Not only do we have all of these people in the room creating the sense of floating in space, but now you're joined by over 8,000 virtual voices on the screen. Virtual Choir 5 was massive, and after it was over, Eric had no idea how he might top it. I don't see how we can get bigger in terms of an ideological thrust. You know, what, what do you do after you've done the universe? It was just a Herculean effort. And I think when we finished that in 2018, we thought, yeah, I think that's all we can do with the virtual choir. We've kind of, <laughs> we've reached the end of the genre. Now, that was where we left off back in 2018 with a virtual choir that had gone about as far as it could go. But none of us could have predicted what was coming in 2020. In the beginning of March 2020, the whole world stopped. And it was especially hard in our little corner of the world, and by that I mean the world of singers, that not only suddenly were all concerts canceled, all rehearsals, all get-togethers, but you'll recall that in the media, singers were discovered to be super spreaders. That actually just the simple benign act of getting together in a room with people and singing was making people sick and in some cases proving fatal. And I think the entire community was just shocked to the core. So as it was unfolding, it was just singers around the world reaching out to each other and saying, oh my God, is this really what's happening? That for the foreseeable future and beyond maybe, we simply can't safely get together and sing. It was unprecedented. Around the world, choirs went silent. We were all aching to be together and to sing together. And by we, I mean singers across the world, just everyone 
desperate to somehow have that connection that we all had before. And as we started standing up and dusting ourselves off, I talked to the executive producers, the Virtual Choir Project, and I said, if there was ever a time for a virtual choir, it's now. So I sat down and I did what I don't normally do, which is that I wrote the words on this one as well. And I started that way. I wrote down the lyrics, the poetry, and it began with a very simple idea, this idea of sing gently. And I think what I was seeing around me is that suddenly the whole world seemed threatening and dangerous and disparate. Everyone moved apart from each other. And I thought in that kind of world, there's great potential for anger and misunderstanding and real distance, more than just physical distance. And so the idea with Sing Gently was to be gentle with each other, be compassionate with each other, show empathy, and to do that together. So I wrote the lyrics first, and then I wrote the piece of music around it. Usually I'm a very slow composer. I take months and months to write a piece of music, but we knew that the time was now. And also the music is just the first part of this massive machine to make a whole virtual choir. And so I wrote it in about a week very, very quick for me. By the summer of 2020, Virtual Choir number 6 was complete. It featured over 17,000 singers from 129 countries. It was the biggest virtual choir yet. The title was Sing Gently. So it begins very simply. May we sing together always. May our voice be soft. May our singing be music for others and may it keep others aloft. Sing gently always, sing gently as one. And then the second verse, may we stand together always. May our voice be strong. May we hear the singing and may we always sing along. Sing gently, always sing gently as one. Sing. 
for the video, Eric needed to find a way to get his message across visually. So early on in the process of designing the film, the director of the film asked if I had ever heard of kintsugi. And kintsugi is this ancient Japanese art form. Basically, it's the art of mending pottery or ceramics. And the idea is that if something important to you or special to you has dropped and broken, it's in all of these shards, and that you glue it back together. But you don't just glue it, you fill the epoxy with gold dust. And what you do then is you highlight the scars. And in doing so, you don't try to erase its history, you make it part of its history, this thing that happened. And in doing so, you make it not only stronger, but more beautiful than it was before. I mean, it's the perfect metaphor for what we're all going through. The society was just exploded apart into all of these disparate shards. And that what we could do then is use the music and compassion and empathy to glue that society back together. In the video, you see thousands of singing faces. At first, everyone is separated. It starts with all of the videos distant and floating separate from each other. And then slowly, slowly, we use this kind of silvery light, which represents this empathy, kintsugi glue that pulls all of the videos together. And you see more and more and more people coming together until the final shot when you have all 17,000 plus singers finally reconnected and healed. Eric says the message is simple. I suppose what I really hope people get is that the metaphor is just right there on the surface of the water. Just be good to each other. Be gentle. These are difficult times. And the only way we're really going to get through it and to emerge like Kintsugi, more beautiful, stronger, healed, is if we do it together. Twenty twenty has been a really hard year. It's been hard for me personally. It's been hard for everyone here at Twenty Thousand Hertz, and I know it's been hard for you. Our show is a joyous celebration of sound that's meant to be an escape. But we all felt like there was no better way to end this year than with the message of sing gently. So, from all of us here at Twenty Thousand Hertz, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll see you again in twenty twenty one.